into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And Sam, the college basketball season is officially four days away as we count down to the kickoff of the college basketball season for the Kentucky Wildcats. Luckily for us, as Big Blue Nation We have been able to get a little bit of a sneak peek of our Kentucky Wildcats this season as we were able to see them down in the Bahamas over the summer, and now we are getting a chance to see them in action with two exhibition games leading up to the start of the season next Monday. The first of those games was at Rupp Arena as the Kentucky Kentucky Wildcats took on Missouri Western, and that team was coached by none other than some former Wildcats in Will Martin and Perry Stevenson as they are ex-managers under coach John Calipari and former player John Hood as he is also one of the assistant coaches. So it was a really cool homecoming to see those guys back That was a really awesome game to see on the schedule. I think all of Big Blue Nation was super fired up as that was our first exhibition and kickoff to this college basketball season. So, Sam, I'd like to bring you in at this point and get your initial thoughts on what you saw from the Cats the other night in their first exhibition game. And then I know you'd like to talk about the exhibition game that took place Thursday night, which just finished as we are recording now, but obviously this episode will will be live on Friday morning, so um, it will be the day after. But initial thoughts on the team and and what you saw against Missouri Western, and yeah, we'll take it from there. Thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. It's, uh, It's good to have the Kentucky Wildcats basketball program back out there. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm still laser focused in on the remainder of the season. The Kentucky football team has ahead of them, but it it was kind of nice to have two exhibition games to kind of digest. And like you said, AJ, we got to see these Wildcats play down in the Bahamas, but you know, that's a different atmosphere, different expectations. Now we are just uh, a few days shy of the official tip off to the basketball season. And, you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of see, what we have, um, especially more so AJ, I think it's a unique opportunity because we have the likes of, you know, Oscar Sheway, Severe Wheeler um, out. And then even tonight we had Damian Collins out. He did play the other night. But um, as much as we want to see them play, I think it's uniquely important to watch us without those guys because there's going to be times throughout the season, uh, not 
you know, forecasting injuries. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But they're going to be out of the game, and we have to see where we produce from both defensively and offensively. So I think these first two exhibition games have been actually um, quite beneficial for our team to, you know, help develop and gain confidence heading into the season with some of our key players. Um, like you mentioned, the first game between Kentucky and Missouri Western was quite exciting. A, a lot of familiar faces to the Kentucky basketball program. So it was quite the homecoming, if you will. Um, even John Calipari gets a heck of a plug from head coach of Missouri Western after the game, basically just talking about how if you're a recruit and you're not committed, you are insane not to go for coach Cal. He was actually quite emotional. It was very cool to see, um, just the utmost respect he had for Cal and his ability to not only recruit, but to develop these players and help them be better men. It it was, it was quite a powerful statement that he uh, was able to provide the media after the game. But so the way I want to kind of take this AJ is we had almost a tale of two totally different games. First game, Kentucky comes away with an easy W 56 to 38. Now we step forward to tonight's matchup where we take on Kentucky State, and Kentucky finishes with 111 to Kentucky State's 53. So, obviously, that's a glaring discrepancy in the volume that we're putting up on the scoreboard between the two games, obviously, with just in a week of each other. Um, I think, you know, the, the first thing that Cal was kind of stressing for game one was defense, 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 defense. We need to see, especially with some of these guys out like Sheepway and Severe, obviously one of the best point guard defenders in the entire country, where do we stand defensively? And can we get enough stops when those guys are out of the game to keep us out of the hole, if you will? And obviously you see with the whopping 38 points Missouri Western was able to put on us, we were quite efficient defensively. We held them to a game percentage of just north of 30%, 30.8% on the entire night. Um, from three-point range, you know, they are two of nine. That's obviously not going to get it done when you're coming into Rupp Arena against Kentucky. So um, very great to see that. I think also offensively, AJ, I know the the glaring issue, at least from everything I'm hearing from BBN, and I totally agree, is when we got in the half court, we didn't quite have a rhythm yet. Even Cal said, hey guys, let's pump the brakes. Although we have probably one of the nation's best teams, we're going to maybe stumble out the gate. We've got a heck of a regular season schedule this year, especially right in the interim of the season. So, um, you know, I think it's something to consider. I think Cal's not saying, you know, we're not going to be as good as we think. He's more saying, and I appreciate what he's saying, that, hey, guys, we we have a lot of new faces. Although we are very experienced, just like every year, we're fresh out there, and and we've really got to continue to grow um, and find where we're going to find, especially offense, when the likes of Oscar Shibway and Severe Wheeler are not out there, either A, scoring in Shibway, or B, generating scores like no one else does in Severe Wheeler. So, um, you know, then we step ahead, AJ, to tonight's matchup, and like we said, 111 points. We were firing on all cylinders. We end up shooting for a game total of 50% from the field goal. Uh, 46% AJ from three. That's 
that's realistically what Cal was talking about the other night. I don't know if anyone heard his interview, but he kind of said he expects fully for this team to be a great three-point shooting team. Anywhere between, hopefully, eight threes a game is kind of what he's going to set his expectations on as far as the game plan goes. But he was pretty confident in saying that this could be a team that hits roughly 12 threes a game. So when we talk about Calipari coach teams in the past, AJ, three-point shooting has never really been something that is eye-opening to us as far as where we put an emphasis on our game structure. So it is very exciting. I mean, when you've got guys like Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick out there, holy camoly, can those guys absolutely shoot the lights out of the gym. It's very exciting. And that's actually one of the key takeaways I had from not only the other game against Missouri Western, but tonight's game about against Kentucky State. I really like when we put Frederick and Reeves on the floor together because when you put them in pick and rolls oh my gosh the amount of respect that you have to have on those screens with each other it, it, multiple times the other night and tonight you see them get in those sets and if they don't generate a three immediately from that set they're easily putting an entry pass down to Uganda or to Lance Ware, or to whoever our big is down low, because it's such an easier entry when you've got two guards stretched out to the three-point line, trying to respect the fact that, wait, we can't leave CJ, so we got to switch. Oh, wait, we can't leave Reeves. And, and, you know, a lack of communication there often led to some very easy baskets for the Kentucky Wildcats. But, you know, I I know there was some glaring issues as far as the half-court sets, and I think that's just going to be worked on through the beginning couple of weeks of this season, but I'm not concerned. I don't know about you, AJ, but I think the biggest takeaway is our defense is incredible, AJ. I, I mean, incredible. To put a you know a combined 38 and 53 in two games, that's, that's awesome, AJ. Um, truthfully, the length is going to make every opponent's night so difficult. It's truly incredible, especially when you put Uganda down there. I mean, that guy is a blocking machine. And if he doesn't block you, he's altering your shot. And it's incredible. And he gets after the boards. And you can see it come out of him probably from practice with going up against Oscar. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a lot of work to go. But his raw potential, AJ, I mean, oh, my gosh, he could be an incredible basketball player for Kentucky, not only this year, but obviously for a few years to come, hopefully. But, um he definitely st- steps off the page at me, as well as Case and Wallace. I mean, dude, he he might win Defensive Player of the Year, at least in the SEC, if not in the entire country. That guy gets after it. He really reminds me of almost like Kawhi Leonard, AJ. He plays both sides of the basketball. He plays so poised. He's never really out of control, and he lets the game come to him. Um, and... and Man, he is going to be a lot of fun to watch throughout the season. He's going to grow. He's going to be a lottery pick. But I, I don't even think he's scratching the surface of his total potential that he'll bring to this Kentucky Wildcats team. But those are at least the initial thoughts. How about you, man? What what stands out from the first two exhibitions of this Kentucky Wildcats program? Yeah, so uh, a couple things here. I I did want to bring up the the three point shooting because that's actually something that we had touched on back, um, you know, 
some of the first couple episodes of the podcast, Sam, yep. we started diving into this Kentucky basketball roster and, and what this season may look like. And one thing that me and you had discussed at length was the three-point shooting in the past or lack thereof um, and kind of this new mold of what we need to become and how Calipari had done a really good job over um, – the past year or so um, putting together this roster for this season um, and making sure that we're, there were some good shooters on this team. And and like you said, you can already see it in, in, in some, in spurts uh, with Frederick and uh, Antonio Reeves stretching the floor, um, which kind of brings me into my next thing. The, 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 and, and you touched on this with the half court offense, but um Watching them play when they when the game is slowed down and they're in that half court offense just through the first two games, there's a lot of movement which I like. Um, there's not just a bunch of guys standing around, but the movement sometimes is not um, like a lot of times. What you want with your with your team is to have guys on a string technically um, and kind of moving in unison. And there's a lot of that not happening where guys are almost running into each other or taking up the space of somebody else who's trying to move somewhere, uh, different things like that, which is kind of stalling out the offense. Um, you know, multiple times tonight I see a, a guy go for a backdoor cut and he, he almost runs into his own player who's on the block because the guy doesn't understand that there's another player coming through and saw it happen to Jacob top Jacob Toppin a few times. And so, that sort of thing is just going to come as these guys play together more and more and that offensive continuity uh, comes together. But you can obviously see that the early signs of the the framework and foundation of that offense is there. And it's just more of a, these guys got to grow together and start building that chemistry together. And it, it does hurt when you have a few guys out. Like you had mentioned earlier, Sam, obviously it's great for us and the coaching staff to be able to see some of these other guys play more minutes, um, kind of start to figure out this rotation um, of players. And Sam, that's something that me and you talked about before we hopped on um, and I'll kind of bring that to light. But I think that's just something that we all need to pay attention to throughout the course of the season, um, especially here in the beginning. We have a lot of guys who can play, okay? And you know how Calipari is. I mean, he is a broken record when it comes to this thing. If you're going to go in the game, don't make me take you out. Because if you give me a reason to take you out, I'm taking you out and I'm putting somebody else in. And a lot of these guys on the team, as some some of the younger guys, they'll learn real quick you know, it, he doesn't care if you're not shooting the ball well. If you're not shooting the ball well, then go balls to the wall on defense and get me some stops. Or if you're not shooting well, fake the shot and drive and try to create something for your teammate or, or something along those lines. And he's always looking for a guy to be able to do what's necessary to win the ball game. And so it'll be kind of interesting how some of these minutes get spread out throughout the, the team um, because, like I said, you have a lot of guys – that can play. I think that is is something else, Sam. That that jumps mm-hmm. out uh, to me is just the talent level. I mean, I think you can see it from the get go. It's very evident that Kentucky is going to be one of the more talented basketball teams in the country, right? So it's all the little things. It's it, it's those extra things that we need to perfect 
over the course of the season to be able to reach the goals that the team has set out for themselves. Right. Um, so like I said, I think it's a great start. You, you kind of see that, that foundation being built. A lot of these guys first time on the court, not first time on the court together, but in like a real live game here, getting in front of the fans and everything like that in Rupp Arena, kind of coming together. I know they play, like I said, I know they play down the the Bahamas, just to me a much different feel down there than from what you're getting here. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the last thing, Sam, that, that really stuck out to me was, and this is something I think at the beginning of the season while, and this is something we'll rely on all year, but especially here at the beginning of the season as we continue to kind of find our offensive flow in the half court, the defensive side of the ball is absolutely key because I think you saw it tonight with the the 100 plus points that we put up. When we lock in defensively and we block shots and we rebound the ball and we force misses and grab the ball with two hands like Cal always talks about, right? I know we're playing much lesser competition in the first two games. I get that, okay? But getting the ball in transition is going to work against anybody. The ball moves faster than anybody can run. It's just, it is what it is. The transition game, I think, is something that it's going to be deadly, okay? If if they can lock in on the defensive side of the ball and force block shots and grab these rebounds, like I said, they are going to be near impossible to stop in transition basketball, okay? So you start to see a game where Kentucky's getting stops and getting out and running. That's going to spell bad news for the other team. I mean, it could get ugly quick. That's, that's the type of talent that we're talking about here. So... You know, I think Calipari brought up a really good point when he just says kind of temper your expectations a little bit, have some patience with everybody. And, you know, I think he's just referring to what Sam had alluded to earlier with some of the half-court offense, a few guys being out, finding out the rotation, that sort of thing. So understand that this is a process they're looking to get better every single day as they go throughout the course of the season. Um, Obviously, as fans, we want to start hot, stay hot, go the whole season, you know, I get that. And we're a little bit spoiled as we've seen multiple teams uh, under John Calipari do extremely well in the regular season and barely lose. So um, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, you know, could be more of a process, but I think, like I said, the talent level is obviously there. It's just, we've got to come together as a team um, on the court more um, as far as chemistry goes and uh, yeah, but Sam, a lot of encouraging signs that you see from the first two games. And I think I speak for all of BBN, as I stated earlier, I think all of us are just extremely excited to get this basketball season kicked off and kind of really see what we have here. Right. I know I, I think we all are, we understand, but once we see it against another top program in college basketball. I think until that point, it's kind of like, yeah, we're all excited. We know what we got. It's, it's that preseason hype. Everyone is so jacked up for the season. Every team around the country, their fans are thinking the same thing. It's our year. We got a shot, right? So I think once we start getting into that competition, we're really going to start to see, Hey, okay, where, where do we need to get better? What do we do? Well, kind of thing. And then how is this thing going to, going to go throughout the course of the season and, and how far can we take this thing? So, um, yeah. 
as Big Blue Nation, I think that's just is super encouraging for us. I think we knew what we had coming in, and now it's kind of been confirmed a little bit. We're waiting for that next step, but um, going to be an extremely exciting season. It was great to have a little Kentucky basketball on this week, man. Sit down on the couch after coming home from work, crack a beer, and sit there and watch some UK There's basketball. Nothing like I mean, it. What could There's be better? nothing like it. And like you said, AJ, I mean – we got obviously Howard on Monday and the Duquesne on the 11th. And then, uh, you know, when you allude to some high pressure, high caliber competition coming our way, we do not have to wait long just on the heels of that game against Duquesne. We obviously have Michigan state, um, you know, and then we go through the gauntlet, Gonzaga, Michigan, UCLA, Louisville, all before the new year, AJ. So, Let's trap in. I'm absolutely excited. We're going to bring you, obviously, a, a lot of pre-looks um, into the season, into the upcoming games, but we're excited. I mean, it was a good showing for the first two games. Cannot wait to have Severe back, to have Oscar back, to have Damian back. Um, you know, if you guys didn't hear, Damian Collins did lose his father very unexpectedly, so our thoughts and prayers are with him during this very difficult time, AJ. Uh, I know that can can really take some time to get over. But I, I do almost think AJ, Damian Collins, before this and even after, is going to be a breakout star this year. You know, he, he is the oldest in his family. He's got some younger brothers that still play football um, and youth leagues. And, and I think he's going to be seeing this opportunity that, you know, he's the man of the house and he's kind of got to lock down his future for his family. So I, I bet you anything, AJ, I'm saying it now, he could easily be one of the most impactful players for this Kentucky Wildcats team. And I, I wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, my thoughts are with him during this time, and I hope he takes all the time needed because I know what he's probably going through right now. But with that being said, oh, yeah, go ahead, man. No, I, I, yeah, Sam, I was just going to say, I think, I think really he's going to be our energy guy yeah. this year. You know, I think he's, he's the type of guy who comes in and he gives you hard minutes and he can make some plays where it just, it galvanizes the team. It fires them up. It gets the crowd going, that sort of thing. You know, those big time dunks, some alley-oops, some big block shots, those, those types of things that really can kind of change the course of a game, especially in those college atmospheres where the, the fans get going and, and it really can, I mean, you Sam, you've watched enough SEC basketball. You know how those games yeah. are. You go on the road and you play a team and it's tough, man. Those fans are rowdy and they're getting after it. And a lot of teams, they, they have Kentucky circled on their schedule and those fans are, are, they are rearing and ready to go by the time that game starts. And they want nothing more than to see a Kentucky loss. So, um, I think he's just going to be a guy who, you know, as he continues to to grow and become more of a consistent basketball player, I think you could see him being a, a huge spark plug to this uh, team. And obviously, um, it's a, it's a tragedy, you know, what's going on with this family. You never you never want to see that. I just. I'm thankful for him and that he's got his teammates yeah. and this staff and the university and, and you know all of them are going to rally around him and, and be that support for him as he goes through this season. So, you know, we wish him nothing but the best this season and we can't wait to watch him play and watch him grow. Um, and Sam, 
before we uh, kind of change gears real quick, there was just one more thing that I did want to say. And I think, you know, you talked about Case and Wallace earlier. I think Kaysen and Chris Livingston are two guys to really, really pay attention to. Okay. Um, for me to have success in March, you have to have good guard play. I, you, you could have the, the best shooting forward, power forward, and center in all of college basketball. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have good guards, I'm telling you, you're going nowhere. And we really need to see the maturity out of these two guys um, as the season progresses and being able to be those leaders um, and run the offense and and be that true point guard out there um, and shooting guard, combo guards, whatever you want to call it, just the guys with their ball, the ball in their hand most of the time running the offense, that type of thing. But I just really want to see the maturity of these two guys grow over the course of the season. We are going to need them in March, okay? Xavier is a great player. He is a little undersized, obviously. There's going to be teams that are going to want to take advantage of that and try to take advantage of that. And so I just think that a lot of what we want to do this year and our success is going to is going to be kickstarted and come from Case and Wallace and Chris Livingston as a backcourt mm-hmm. duo. Um, so just something that I'm paying very close attention to is watching their game every single day um, and how they are progressing and being able to run the offense, handle the ball, not turn the ball yep. over, get their teammates open looks set the offense, set the defense, that sort of thing. And um, so there's something I'm paying attention to, but uh, kind of wanted to touch yeah, on I'm, that before we I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because that is one more thing that, you know, I'll be very intrigued to see how Cal handles moving forward into the, the first part of the season and then how it progresses throughout the season. And then obviously most importantly throughout March, but you know, I, I really do see Casey Wallace kind of progressing throughout the year to, to almost potentially be, you know, our number one option at that point guard position. I don't know. I'm very intrigued. I don't know if Cal plans to play him and severe at the same time. We've got to see how he wants to break up these matchups, obviously, but don't get me wrong. We have a Bob Cousy award winner, and our point guard in Severe Wheeler. I'm not saying take the ball out of his hands. I have all the faith in the world with him. However, Case and Wallace, like you said, AJ, guard play is so important. And if he can be a true point guard for us and handle the ball dominantly, like he did, honestly, AJ, tonight. Like tonight, I mean, this guy had five assists, which is great. And he added it with 12 points. I mean, he was very efficient when he was on the floor, his teammates and himself, the team was shooting at a 50% clip, AJ. That's what we ended up finishing for the night. So he makes the players around him better. He's a great facilitator. He draws a lot of attention by his ability to penetrate the paint. So, I mean, I'm very excited about what he has to offer as well, AJ, one name that we didn't mention, but I do consider him potentially a point guard option. Just seeing how things roll, what our matchups are, who we're putting out on the same time on the floor, but that's definitely Antonio Reeves. And he has been, even since the Bahamas, AJ, I mean, obviously Bahamas MVP, then blue and white game MVP. And now, you know, these first two games, he is a flamethrower. He ends up with 23 tonight. AJ adds a couple of assists, a couple of rebounds. I mean, he's doing a little bit of everything, but most importantly, he's scoring. And he even said, you know, during a post-game interview after the first exhibition game that he's confident to be able to play some point guard if Severe's out. Um, he has no issue with that. So I, I really like the confidence piece there. 
I think that's a great option for us to have in our back pocket. Like you said, guard plays vital, um, especially throughout the tournament. So I, I am confident we're pretty deep there in the guard position. It's just going to be very intriguing to see what Calipari does with these guards and how he packages them out there on the floor. But yeah, I think uh, we'll probably kick it over to the football field, if I'm not mistaken, my man. Unfortunately, it's about that time to to maybe digest what happened this past Saturday as Kentucky traveled down to Knoxville, Tennessee, under the lights, 7 p.m. kickoff against, at the time, the number three overall Tennessee Volunteers. It was quite the environment. I mean, just to get us started, AJ, it was uh, ruckus. I mean, that stadium was incredible. And I really have to give it to those volunteer fans for showing out. Um, Their team is obviously rocking and rolling, and it's pretty easy to, to show out when you've got a reason to. But my gosh, it was an incredible atmosphere on Saturday. It was going to be tough. We knew that walking in, AJ, we... We did all of our previews. We knew our game plan going into the game. And within a couple of minutes, all of that was out the window, as we could tell. I mean, um, we'll get into where we thought we went wrong and where we go from here. But obviously, Tennessee comes away with the W against the Kentucky Wildcats. 44-6, to an absolute whopping. It was... It was tough, AJ. I mean, at times I kept lying to myself. I was like, okay, we're still in it. We're still in it. But um, at the end of the day, Tennessee just outclassed us and cruised to one of their most dominating wins of the entire season. So unfortunately, that's not great for the Kentucky Wildcats. We really have to digest where we go from here. But like I alluded to, AJ, I mean, within the first couple of minutes, our game plan kind of was thrown out the window. I mean, we, we talked about how we wanted to get the run game going and have a leveled balance. And obviously, Tennessee goes down and scores a quick seven, and we do answer, which was great. But from there on out, we were on our heels, and we kind of had to rip the script out and just start from fresh. And I think, honestly, AJ, that's where the biggest disappointment comes from this game. It took a long time to try to get over you know, the the butt kicking that we received from Tennessee on Saturday. But after going down, it just felt like we weren't even at that point still willing to push the ball down the field through the air. And despite being behind, it felt like, okay, Kentucky has to throw the football, has to try to come back at this point. And at the end of the day, you know, Will Levis finishes with 98 yards. As a team, we finished with 98 yards through the air and that's just not going to cut it when you're down big early in the game I mean we go into half AJ down 27 to 6 there was slight life it it looked okay we talked at half AJ I remember it and we were like you know we have to do something this half not saying that we can come back and win it but let's prove it let's move it through the air and let's put up some points I mean we scored on that drive AJ and we looked good. We, we moved the ball well. Um, I thought it was a healthy balance. Will looked great on that drive. And I, I just, to this day, AJ, I, I'm like, whoa. 
That was all the points we got for the entire night. That's unacceptable. I don't care how many points Tennessee put up. I don't care if they're the number one team in the country right now. We're a highly efficient offense, and we should be, but we haven't been. We're proving that we're not, and that's where my biggest concern is coming in at this time, AJ, because where art thou offense? Where did it go? The same team that looked incredible against Florida that was throwing deep balls to Dan Key in coverage. Where is that? It's it's like everything that we thought this offense was going to be isn't there. I want to break it down with you, AJ. I think I have my opinion of where's to blame and where we're going wrong right now, but I, I want to get your opinion first before I dive too deep into this. So, Sam, I've had enough time to process this loss to Tennessee, obviously. Um, all of Big Blue Nation, including myself and you, were expecting a different outcome Regardless of whether it was a win or a loss, I think we were just expecting a much different football game. And here's what I have to say about what happened. I think that the start of the game, you know, we defer, give them the ball. What happens? A complete coverage breakdown. Jalen Hyatt runs down the sideline. Wide open pass. Bang. Touchdown. 7 nothing. right? So the complete opposite of what you wanted to start the game was nobody over the top. Nothing deep. No coverage breakdowns. And that's the first thing that happens. So obviously not an ideal start, right? The thing is, though, things weren't going right at the beginning of the game. And we actually were able to hang in there for a little while. And I think a massive play of the game was, you know, you get Tavion Robinson broken loose down the sideline. Will Levis lays it right on him, and he just drops Nightmares. the ball, Sam. Nightmares. Right? And he just drops the ball. And so then you get the ball back. The next possession, after getting a stop, you drive all the way down the field, you get into the red zone, and you throw an interception. So, and... I feel like I kind of sound like Mark Stoops after the game, but I think what you saw transpire, Sam, was, you know, the margin for error, and we talked about this for Kentucky on Saturday, was very small, right? And so you may be able to overcome one or two things that happen that don't bounce your way, um, but it was just a snowball effect after we couldn't put the ball in the end zone at the start of the game. And then I think the confidence of the offense was just completely shot. Will Levis didn't look like the same quarterback was completely unsure of what he wanted to do out there. And so I think you just saw, it wasn't a complete letdown. That's not the word I'd like to use, but I just think you saw the effects of what happens when you go on the road and you play one of the best teams in college football and you don't capitalize on the opportunities that you're granted at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game, and it gets out of hand real mm-hmm. quick. And that's what Tennessee does to you. And, you know, I, the offense was poor on Saturday. It just is what it is. It was very poor. Um, 
I think there's enough blame to go around. I don't think we need to single anybody out. Um, it was just, it was poor, Sam. It was disappointing. It was poor. It was, it just a bad look, obviously. Not the look we wanted, but obviously, um, if you want more respect from the rest of the college football world and, and continue to kind of climb up um, in pedigree as far as, Kentucky's football team goes that's a game where you have to you have to you have to play it better and you can't have that sort of showing and so it was really unfortunate it was disappointing to see Sam but to me the game came down to poor poor execution as far as our offense is concerned and then you're just continually putting your defense in a position to have to stop a the number one offense in the country over and over and over and over on the road. And that's just not going to happen. Okay. So I think, you know, that's, that, that was the game there. I'm not saying that we would have won if we connected on some of those plays earlier at the game, but it's a completely different ball game. We're in it. Right. I mean, even with that being said, Sam, we still had a chance potentially at halftime to go in, make the game a little bit closer, come out in the second half, put a drive together. Right. Could have been 20 to six. We score. We make it 20 to 13, 20 to 14, something like that. And then, hey, the dynamic of the game is completely different because now it's the second half. You're in the game on the road. The confidence of the team is, is getting higher and higher. Hey, we got a shot to win this game. So. You know, it was just, I, I can't say this word enough. It was just, it was disappointing. And I think, you know, I've I've laid it out as best I can. Poor offensive execution led to putting your defense in a nightmare situation, realistically. And yeah. that's what yeah. you get. That the, the final score is what you get when you put yourself in that situation and you don't take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. No, totally, totally agree. It's disappointing. The margin of error was razor thin, and we walked that line earlier, early in the game, and we got exposed. I mean, when you blow that coverage, AJ, I know this isn't the game, but when you blow that coverage on Jordan Hyatt right out the get-go, it's like... It, my issue is, I, I have to believe all week was they can't beat us over the top. They can't beat us over the top. We play zone, AJ. We we play zone defense, and we always keep eyes in front of us. That's how we've played football for a long time. And you bite on the check down over the seam when the, he the, he has coverage there. We had support. Why are you worried about that route? Yeah, the safety. The safety took the in breaking yeah. route, and he left Jalen. And the the corner thinks the yep. safety has Jalen over the top, and the safety goes with the guy breaking towards wide the inside open. of the field. And you have the best receiver in college football running wide open down the side of the field. It's like, and this is what I was talking about before the game with Hendon Hooker. It's like I get it. it the guy's playing great, but it, the amount of wide it's, open it's pass, pass. It's passing. like man. He, he, our mom could throw that pass to him. Like it's, you know what no, I mean? I it's just like, and, and give, listen, at the end of the day, let's, let's give Tennessee and Josh Heupel some credit. Okay. They have continued week after week to get better and better and continue to progress throughout this season. And in a letdown spot, potentially for them with Georgia coming up this weekend against Kentucky, 
they didn't take it lightly. They came out, they threw their haymakers, and, and we weren't able to pick ourselves back up yeah. off the mat. No, kudos so. to them. I mean, I think that's all that, that needs to be said about specifically this matchup, AJ. I mean, we've got to move on. That's the only option. We've got four games remaining in our season, and it all comes down to those four games, AJ. We, we are now obviously teetering, and it's a do-or-die time as far as what this season will look like when we exit into the the off season, and I mean it's it's nerve wracking to be honest, AJ. I mean, if I'm going to be completely open about it, because at at one point prior to the year and even earlier in this season, you know, we had high aspirations for what this team was going to accomplish, and boy, has that script been flipped. And um, you know, we we can still do some good things here, AJ. We absolutely can. We can make a respectable bowl game, but it really does come down to these next four games, and none of them are cakewalks, AJ, because at one point, our next opponent, Mizzou, was considered, you know, a bottom-tier team. They have really showed themselves as a 500 team who can give anyone a difficult night, and they really have a highly respected defense going on as well as I hate to say it AJ at one point I thought we might run the brakes off of Louisville but they have started to cement themselves as a progressing team that's getting better week after week I'm not going to jump into their bandwagon because they have one good win on the season but I will say AJ they're starting to look better their team is coming around, and this Kentucky Wildcats team has four games to basically prove we slipped up a few times this year, but we are for real, and we have the weapons. And at one point, AJ, we were considered a top ten team in the nation. We we got to get back to proving that. I'm not saying we're going to get back to being a top ten team. We're we're not going to climb the ranks like that, but we have to prove that we are worthy of that and it's it's really going to come down to executing over these next four games i know the boys are going to stay hungry they can't lay over and to be honest aj when we look at previous seasons when we've lost two three games straight four games straight i'll give the credit where it's due mark stoops always gets their team his teams to come around and buy back in and finish strong. I've never had a concern about Mark Stoops' teams not finishing the season strong. So I have confidence in that, but it's going to be no easy task. So, I mean, to get your opinion, AJ, I think the biggest thing of begging the question is how do you feel where we stand right now, kind of like I was talking about, and do you see the Kentucky Wildcats football program being able to turn around and salvage this once very promising season. Well, Sam, um, to answer your question, can they salvage the season? Yes, they can salvage the season. I think that you, yes, yes, they can. Okay. And the way that they do that is by going out there and showing well, these last four games, I'm not as concerned about the win loss column anymore. Um, I'm more interested in the way that they play football in the fight that they have down the stretch, right? Um, all of the progress that has been built with this program, you can't just let it go down the drain and throw the season away, right? You can't let recruits see us 
falling down and not competing in the SEC and having guys say, why do I want to come play football here anymore? Or I thought we were on this trajectory and we're not anymore. And so, you know, something that we had talked about, Sam, was the ability to start trying to get better skill position players. And now that we have a better quarterback and we've proven that our system can, you know, showcase some of these players and their abilities and things like that. And you even saw some of that at the beginning of the season. And then we have just regressed, just complete regression from this team. And so I know there's injuries and things of that nature. I get that, but that's part of the game. And, you know, we don't need to get into everything. um, But for me, we can salvage the season, but what's transpired so far is disappointing. And like I said, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of optimism before the season. And, you know, even at the beginning of the season for me and you, Sam, even after we had lost some games, there was still a lot of optimism, but, um, you know, we've basically made it through two thirds of the season and I don't know what the hell our offense is. I really don't. And I like it's, I'm just confused, I guess is my point. I just don't understand. It's like everyone just seems lost. We can't get any of our playmakers going and get them the ball. Um, Dane and Barian looked explosive at the beginning of the season. I feel like they're on the back of a milk carton at this point. I'm, we're looking for them. Um, and then, you know, the the turnovers is something that has just plagued our offense for a couple years now, honestly. And I thought some of that would get corrected. And clearly I was wrong. I mean, you can't go on the road and turn the ball over three times against Tennessee and expect anything more than what you got. And, um, so with all that being said, Sam, you know, in Mark Stoops kind of referred to this the other day in one of his press conferences, but what he said basically is this has got to be a player led team now, you know, it, it's time for them to kind of come together and, and write this ship through these last four games of the season. Okay. And so I'm looking at our leaders on the team and I'm looking at Will Levis specifically. Okay. We can talk more about his play um, and all that's gone into that this season. Um, But what's done is done. Okay. What I'm looking for him now is to just be a leader and go out there and do not let this team fall flat on its face because that is the one thing that can't happen, Sam. We cannot go and play bad against Missouri, right? And then whatever, we say we squeak a win out or beat we beat Vanderbilt. Who gives a rip, right? And then we get absolutely murdered by Georgia like we did against Tennessee. Then what, what you know what yeah. I mean? And then it's like, and now we got to go try to like have some silver lining against Louisville. When it's like at that point, okay, you know. So for me, this weekend's game against Missouri is just absolutely massive. It's 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 vital to the vibe and just everything that's going around this football team. I think it's imperative for them to go out there and play hard this weekend. I think you kind of hit the 
the head on the nail earlier, Sam, this Missouri team is, is a good football team. Yeah. Okay. They play tough defense. Um, you know, I think they're so happy with the way their defense is going. They signed their defensive coordinator today to a five-year contract. So, um, that offense, they can run the ball effectively. The quarterback has good legs. He can get out and move. And like Sam said, listen, they, they took Georgia down to the wire, okay? I told you guys last week that they were going to into South Carolina and they were going to beat them, and they did. And they, they completely outplayed South Carolina from the first snap of the game to the last snap of the game, okay? And that team is growing in confidence. And what do you, what do you think they see? A wounded duck coming into town this weekend, mm-hmm. right? You don't think they're going to be licking their chops? They smell blood, yeah, dude. They do. Okay, and you want to know what that team wants to do? They want to come out and they want to punch you in the freaking mouth and continue to do it all game mm-hmm. long. Yep. Right? They're extremely physical. They're well coached, and they're not afraid of us. So you have to go out there this weekend and band together as a team and say enough is enough. Right? Both of our starting linebackers are out this weekend, so we're going to be starting two guys that don't normally start, right? So we've seen some good things from them, but with Square and with um, Jones being out, listen, man, you know what I mean? There's no excuses. You Nobody cares at this point anymore, right? Nobody cares that your quarterback was lost for a game. Nobody cares that you had the best linebacking duo in the entire country and none of neither of them have been able to stay healthy all season. Nobody cares that your star running back was suspended for the first four games of the season, yep. right? Nobody around the country gives a rip about mm-hmm. that. They just want to see you perform. Exactly. And so... I'm I'm not trying to con- completely rip this Kentucky football team, but what has happened through the course of the season obviously is disappointing, but it is absolutely imperative. You show up this Saturday, you play until the final whistle as hard as you freaking can, right? And you prepare all week and the rest of the season and you get after it, yeah. okay? It's it's just it's got to happen, man. It's it's absolutely got to. Yeah, happen. I mean, I, I like the way you approach that. I think uh, Stoops is right, and so are you. We we need to be a team or a player led team from here on out. And, and don't get me wrong, I know the X's and O's are vital, but at this point, like you know, we're we're late in the season. We know who we are. You guys just have to go out there and execute and show that you have the heart and the desire to salvage this season. I mean, we can only, if we're the coaches, we can only try to get you guys to do so much. At this point, let's go out and prove it. And, and I mean, I I'm, I know this sounds cliche, AJ, but our offense, led by Will Levis right now, I mean, it's a bunch of domesticated cats coming into your house and just purring around and asking for a pet here and there. And it's it's a joke. From here on out, AJ, let the Wildcats run. We need to be animals out there like the Wildcats we are and be vicious and go for some heads, AJ, and be aggressive because what the hell else do we have to do? Like you said, AJ, this Mizzou team starting this week is going to come for our throats. They can smell blood in the water and they want us. We have to be equally as hungry for a win to build on progress through the rest of our season. I mean, it's do or die time, AJ. You kind of hinted at it, but 
you know, we can talk about Will Levis's play another time for the entirety of the season. I want him to step up as a leader, not only with his play, but as a leader, just like you said, AJ. And whether that is his performances individually or his leadership in the locker room, out on the field, through the play call, I need him to step up and show that he can help salvage this season. I'm not saying it's all on his shoulders. However, I see him as our headmost captain of this entire team, and they are looking to him. We go as he goes, and if he has the demeanor that, shit, this season is just a bomber. You know, like, what are we going to do with guys? Then we're going to lose here on out. I'm not even kidding, AJ. He has to answer the bell. He has to show the rest of the team that we have to be hungry. I mean, you, you said it perfectly. No one cares about the excuses, about the hidden stories. At this point in the season, it's what you put out is who you are, unfortunately. And for the Kentucky Wildcats, unfortunately, that is not a great team as of late. I still have confidence in the core of our team that we can salvage this, that we can turn this around. But it it really does boil down to just that, AJ, for me. And, and, you know, Stoops has even said it. He said, you know, like, the way our offense has gone the last several weeks is unacceptable. And if I have to make changes in the offseason, then I will because he's not afraid that if this is what it's going to look like, then we're out. That's not what we want. But at the time being, AJ, we can't worry about that. We have to just do what we can to salvage the season, to make this offense more efficient, and do enough to get the W. But I think we've beat this to death, AJ. I know we're eager to break down this Mizzou game. We will be back live with you guys to give you all that we have to offer for how the Kentucky Wildcats can go into Mizzou on Saturday and come away with a W. It's obtainable, absolutely. And it's enough to build off of AJ, in my opinion. But we'll leave it there. I know it was dark and gloom here at the end, but we're just passionate, and we know the capabilities of this team, and we still can, and gosh, maybe I sound like a broken record, but we can still have a hell of an end to the season, AJ. We've got four games, all an opportunity. We have to look at them like they're an opportunity to make something special happen. I'm a believer in this Kentucky Wildcats team. I'm a believer in Levis. I'm a believer in Stoops, and I'm going to keep preaching it until the end of the season. But I'll leave it at that, AJ. Thanks for getting on with us. Obviously, it's it's do or die time for the Kentucky Wildcats. And obviously on the heels, we've got a very exciting basketball season that's just around the corner as we tip off officially on Monday. But thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to AJ just to say his goodbyes. But I appreciate y'all. Yes, Sam. Four more opportunities for this football team to show us who they are in four more days until the start of the Kentucky basketball season. We will be back breaking down the Missouri game. Like Sam said, we appreciate you all listening tonight. Sam, I appreciate your time and go Cats. See y'all.
there's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.